Welcome back to episode three of the Piocast, produced by Pioneer Digital Media. I'm your host, Spencer Jones, and for today's theme, we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane. That's right, this episode, we're going to be exploring nostalgia. Although us high schoolers may be relatively young still, we look at the early 2000s and 2010s as a simpler time. Let's first hear from Sabin Schulfer about TikTok's predecessor. You may have heard of it, Vine. Hi. I'm Sabin Schulfer. Many of us remember the old video publishing platform Vine. It was a revolutionary site that became popular worldwide. It was really the first to do so of its type too. TikTok, for example, is a video publishing service that has transcended just mere social media and has become a worldwide phenomenon. TikTok is commonly described as the new Vine. And for a good reason. Just like TikTok nowadays, it felt like Vine was absolutely everywhere back in its days. It reached that popularity by being extremely unique from other publishing sites at the time. Videos uploaded to Vine were only able to be a max of 7 seconds long. Its whole gimmick was short, fast-paced shared videos for its audience. Its format skyrocketed off, causing its trends, content creators, and memes to become household phenomenons essentially everywhere for its users. It seemed like it had no competition at its peak, until its sudden end. Vine's parent company, Twitter, announced very surprisingly and suddenly that it would be canceling the continuation of the platform on January 17th, 2017. The site only officially launched on January 24th, 2013 as well, meaning it gained its huge traction in only less than four years. Its fans weren't ready to leave it behind yet because of its short existence and its love had no intention of stopping there. To prove that there's still a lot of love for Vine and a lot of nostalgia that comes with it, I ended up quizzing five avid Vine lovers to see if they could remember some of the most popular trends and memes that came out of it. Hi, what's up? My name is Jordan Alwell and uh, I'm a senior at Sandy High School. Hi, my name is Kaylin Weathers and I'm a senior at Sandy High School. Uh, hello, I am Harker Myers. Uh, I am a senior at Sandy High School. Hello, I am DJ Gariga. Uh, I am currently graduated, and I went to Sandy High School. I am Keaton Myers from Sandy High School. Great to have all of you guys here. Thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, we're going to start the quiz here. We have uh, six vines that you're going to listen to. Some of them you'll have to finish the sentence of the vine, and some of them you'll have to tr- see if you remember what the vine looked like. So this is the first one, probably the most popular out of all of these. And I'm going to stop it about halfway through, and you're going to see if you can finish what was said. Good work. You guys all rocked that one. 100% across the board so far, and you are correct. She does, in fact, say... Look at all those chickens! All right, I'm going to play our second vine for you guys now. And just like the first one, this one was extremely popular, but this time I'm actually going to play the audio of the whole thing, and you're going to have to see if you can remember what the vine looked like. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Uh, 
it's the the guy in the bathroom. Like wearing, I think like black glasses or goggles. And he's like holding his phone. He's wearing like a Spider-Man thing. Wearing a Spider-Man suit. And then he like tilts his head up with his arm up, and he's like he just starts screaming. I love that video. Nice. Okay, everyone's two for two so far. You guys all got that one. That was a vine made by the content creator Jimmy here in his bathroom in his skin tight Spider-Man shirt. Now I'll go ahead and pull up the third vine that we have here for you guys today. And just like before, I'll play the whole thing and you'll have to see if you can remember what was going on in the video. number ones because that sound is really popular but i'm assuming it's the original it's like the girl and she's like facing the back and turns around and like looks at the camera curly hair and braces and like really tiny glasses and she like turns her head on the beat is it the one where they um is it the one where they have like their arms that are like like straight out and he's like swinging it side to side while like walking towards someone with like really weird footsteps Ooh, so close. Four out of five of you guys got that one. Broke our 100% streak, but that's all right. That was indeed the vine made by Chloe Woodard, where she looks at the camera in a very funny way when the beat drops. For this next vine that I have here for you guys to listen to, I'm going to go back to what I did for the first one and cut it off before the last word and see if you guys can remember what was said. They are my Crocs. Crocs. I think she says Crocs. Are they? Does she say Yeezys? Oh no, I don't know if I know this. Okay, so it's is the what are those? Does she just say sandals? Ooh, only three out of five correct answers on that one. Our lowest one yet, but the correct answer was indeed. They are my Crocs. The what are those meme was one of the biggest to come out of Vine, essentially spreading everywhere. The original video was a guy's friend was getting arrested, and in the background of the video, you can see them getting arrested, but instead of caring about that, he takes the time to ask the officer what his shoes are. But anyways, looking at the scores here, you guys all did pretty good. You guys did struggle on a couple of them, but everyone managed to remember a good majority of them. Well, good job with it. And thank you all for participating in the quiz for the podcast, guys. Quite obviously, even with its cancellation being multiple years ago now, Vine still has a lot of love for it from its fans. And the nostalgia it brings won't go away anytime soon. I wonder how many of you are going to go rewatch Vine compilations after this episode is over. Moving on, next we hear from Mr. Schaefer about some nostalgia that relates to our current situation, Snow Days. Hey, welcome back at 6.15. Good morning to our viewers out in Sandy. This is a shot from your neighborhood. It was absolutely beautiful, and you can only imagine what it was like for the kids who woke up to it. Somebody shouted that it was snowing outside, and I looked out the window, and I was like, OMG, it's actually snowing. We all know the feeling. You wake up to an inches-deep layer of snow on the ground, and immediately, you wonder, will there be school today? Or will the glorious snow gods bless us with a day of sledding, snowmen, and snowball fights? In my day, with just an intermittent 56 kilobytes per second connecting me to the internet, 
The Good Word was brought to us by the local news. Good morning, everyone. I'm Brenda Braxton. We are tracking snow from the Portland metro area down to Salem. We do want to start this morning with some school closures for you. Closed today, Jesuit, Beaverton, Hillsboro, North Clackamas, Gresham Barlow, Reynolds, Lake Oswego, and Oregon City. You can find all of these closures and delays scrolling at the bottom of your screen. At the bottom of the screen. That is where our eyes were glued. The Chiron scrolled alphabetically, slowly, agonizingly through the school districts. Lake Oswego, closed. North Clackamas, closed. Oregon City, closed. Okay, come on, come on. Oregon Trail School District, closed. Closed! My boots were on and I was out the door. Bliss. Absolute bliss. I set out to explore the nostalgia of that snow day feeling from the perspective of Sandy High School teachers, Mrs. Woboda, Mrs. Frederick, and Mrs. Gregg. To figure out if we didn't have any school, we had to listen to the radio. We had to watch the news. You know, we, we didn't get any text updates because uh, there was... No such thing as a text message back then. As a kid, getting up, listening to your clock radio, because that's what we had, to find out if we had school or not. We had moved here from uh, Montana when I was little. And in Montana, you didn't have snow days. So my parents were like, snow day? What's a snow day? Growing up um, in Boring, it didn't snow that much. I don't remember it snowing. I don't remember it snowing enough to get out of school very often, so it was rare. You had to tune into the radio, um, or sometimes it would make the morning news shows, but you didn't really know for sure. And, and so usually the default was you were going to go. You got yourself ready, you went out to the bus, and it either showed up or didn't show up. And we had, this is a true story, I'm not making this up, we had to walk half a mile to the bus stop when I was a kid. And so... <laughs> snow days were still getting ready, walking through the snow to the end, and sometimes the bus didn't come. Um, But this particular day, there was no question. I was 10. It was the first week of January, so it was right when we were supposed to come back from Christmas break. And it was one of those where you knew the weather was coming, and you went to sleep, and you woke up, and it had dumped overnight. That's how I remember it. That waking up and never having seen that much snow in my entire life. I looked it up. It was 16 inches it dumped. So we missed the first two weeks of school. And we had to move in with my grandma for those two weeks because we hadn't prepared that well. So the toilet didn't flush and we didn't have power. And my grandma had a generator. We would create the biggest mess because we'd go outside and play and build snowmen and sled. And we had a big, huge toboggan that we brought with us. And we lived on a hill and it was so much fun. And we built big snowmen. My friends lived in a neighborhood that had a few really, really good sledding hills. These were um, asphalt hills, by the way, not like soft <laughs> grass hills. But I literally spent the entire day trudging up the hill and coasting down that hill. And it was one of those days where you crammed as many people as you could on one sled and see who could stay on and who got 
thrown off and, um, you know, backwards, forwards, sideways, spinning out, all kinds of tricks down that hill. When I think it was probably dark by the time I went home. And it was just one of those moments where um, I got to be a kid, just a real kid for the whole day. And it was just something really special. I had two sisters. Growing up, it snowed, but we worked on the farm and we didn't always make snowmen. But that particular time, because we had so much time, there wasn't much you could do. Um, we built a family. We rebuilt our family and we made it life size. So we made all the snowmen the right height. And that was, and put them out in the front yard like we were um, waving. We made it so we were waving to cars. We thought that was pretty cool. (laughs) When I was in high school one year, we actually got stuck in the high school. They were predicting an ice storm and it started coming down. And you had all these high school kids trying to drive home in like an inch of ice. It was craziness. I remember some of my friends actually came down from across. The Banfield Freeway, yeah, they actually crossed the Banfield Freeway to get to my house. Because at my house, my mom always made sure we had hot cocoa and stuff. (laughs) And that was when I was in high school. And if there was enough ice, we used to get out our ice skates. I was a figure skater. And if there was over an inch and a half of ice, my mom would let me go out and skate in the street. And I just loved it. It was so much fun. We used to like to get our boots on and go ski, skate. On the our fields would freeze over, so we would pretend we were ice skaters. <laughs> that was something I looked forward to every winter if it was going to get cold enough so we could skate on our boots in the pond. It was. I just remember it being feeling like you'd gone somewhere else. It was. A, it was a big adventure. The difference between nowadays. Now, as a teacher and snow days as a student, you know, I don't know that that special little, like, flutter in your stomach ever goes away. You kind of always hope for a snow day. There's just, uh, there's something special about um, snow days. I still look forward to them, but nothing's like a snow day when you're young. As a teacher, I always try to relax and go out. It's kind of time to be a kid again. Make a snow angel. Make a snowman. Have a cup of hot cocoa with some marshmallows in it and enjoy your snow day. Thanks for listening. No matter what age you are, the magic of snow days will never completely fade away. In addition to that, something that we can all relate to is the elementary school playground and the unforgettable memories that come with it. Here with something a little bit different than our usual programming is Katie Fisher with her written rendition of her childhood playground experience. You can start work at age 14, but I couldn't wait to be the entrepreneur of the playground. Being known for something among my classmates was my ultimate goal. Instead of practicing the multiplication table or doing my daily five activities in third grade, all I could think about was my big idea that would garner me school-wide fame. 
I had already tried selling crafts to other kids, but to my surprise, third graders' pocket money consisted of pennies and dimes. I tried being a matchmaker, but negative reviews were coming in when the kids couldn't talk to each other out of fear of cooties. I even tried to collect all the notes I could find on the ground to be the librarian of gossip. But after binders were filled with sticky notes, homework sheets, and flashcards with secret notes all over them, no one seemed to notice. As I walked around the playground area, I tried to think of any other way I could get third grade fame. The structure was old and wooden. It had always been closed off when it rained because the wood was so slick that our uncoordinated bodies would slip if we even lost balance for a second. The school had added a much cooler metal structure that was more popular for that reason. One thing that the wooden one did have was a tube slide with a pretend steering wheel next to it. The tube slide was clearly superior to the regular open ones due to the secrecy and darkness on the inside. That's when I thought, just maybe, I needed to reintroduce the old tube slide to the elementary school public once again, but as new. Since the slide started up on a platform higher than the rest of the structure, I could stand next to the steering wheel and call up who was next in line. But what was I going to call my sure way to playground immortality? The funniest thing I could think of, of course, the flush. Clearly, my humor consisted of only potty jokes, but luckily for me, so did the rest of my schools. I paid some friends and scented erasers to go around the playground yelling the flush's name and location. The true genius of my idea came from the price of it. One good bark chip. I knew that if people could go on the flush all the time, it would become stale, like most toys do to children after 10 minutes. Finally, the flush was getting swamped with customers. One after the other, my fellow students would look to me for permission to go. They would sit at the top of the slide and wait for my command. I would turn the steering wheel and flush. They would descend down. However, it never ran as smoothly as I had hoped. Some kids would go halfway down the slide and stop themselves. It got so bad I had to get someone to be my plunger by promising free rides. When someone was clogging the flush, I would get them to stick their feet down and force the hooligan out, which, in turn, made more people clog the slide. Right across the bark chips was another line starting to form, at the metal play structure. Someone was masquerading around as a cheap imitation of the flush, free of charge. I was stunned. How could someone take that away from me? As much as I wanted my business to last forever the flush became too much work to be worth it. I continued for the rest of the year, but decided to pass my business to my plunger. I retired to take some time for myself. I don't know if anyone actually remembers the flush, but I do. It taught me that even if you work as hard as you can, things won't be easy. Even if things are hard to produce, overflow, or get clogged up, you have to work around it to have a successful flush. Okay, maybe my humor still only consists of potty jokes. Man, those were the days, weren't they? Anyways, to end off this episode, we have Sydney Hill with some fun facts about this perfect February. The month of February is National Snack Food Month. You heard that right. This month is all about snacks. So when you're hungry, make sure to grab a handful of your favorite snacks. And now, 
I know I'm supposed to give you guys a joke for this episode, and I even thought of telling you guys a piece of joke, but it was far too cheesy. Even though time is constantly moving forward, it's always fun to take a stroll down memory lane. Whether that be looking back at the good times we had in the snow, reliving a childhood memory, or even just re-watching countless Vine compilations, it's important to remember our roots. But hey, while I still have your attention, do you have an interesting collection? Maybe Beanie Babies, Vintage Cameras, Smooth Rocks, Video Games, or Rare Coins? Let us share your story. Head over to at Pioneer Digital Media on Instagram and click the link in our bio, or ask your advisory teacher how to submit your story. Thanks for listening listening to this episode of the Piocast and we'll see you in 2 weeks. Piocast is a Pioneer Digital Media production. Special thanks this week to Miss Frederick, Miss Greg and Miss Swoboda. Our program director is Katie Fisher. Segments produced by Katie Fisher, Sydney Hill, Spencer Jones, Andrew Schaefer, and Sabin Schulfer. This episode was hosted and edited by me, Spencer Jones. Music by Joachim Crod.